The following broadcast is brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International. you to take your Bibles and go with me to the book of Luke. The title of the message this morning, and I'm preached for a few minutes, is called Joy. <laughs> Joy. And there's 12 things I'm going to give you about joy tonight, today from Luke chapter 1 and chapter 2. I want to start down in verse 11. It says, There appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. When Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. And the angel of the Lord said, Fear not, Zacharias, for your prayers hurt, and your wife Elizabeth shall bear a son. And thou shalt call his name John, and thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. So the first announcement of joy before even Jesus was to arrive was to Elizabeth. You could call it Elizabeth's joy. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord. He shall neither drink wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb, which we know that took place when Mary went to go see Elizabeth the Bible says when she greeted John the Baptist in the womb, left for joy. Left for joy. He was filled with the Holy Ghost in the womb and left for joy. So that tells you, I know for all these people who want to kill all the babies, that tells you right there, babies are sensitive right inside the mother from the time of conception and uh, that heartbeat, many babies already come out messed because of the environment that the mother finds herself in. Are you with me? Kids born with trauma because of all the screaming and shouting, they hear everything. They hear everything. Here at the river, we have babies that are born who they go to sleep. You listen to my voice because the mother's in all the meetings and the kid, that's all they heard is my voice. Are you with me with the word going into? Uh, kids are not deaf. People think babies are deaf inside the womb. They, they hear everything. They can hear the mother's voice. They hear the tones of what's being spoken. So here, as Mary greeted Elizabeth, John the Baptist was full of the Holy Ghost and he, he kicked. It was like, that's him. That's him. He's going to be coming through Mary because I'm a forerunner to his coming. So we call it Elizabeth's joy. Now, obviously, Zechariah said to the angel, whereby shall I know this? For I'm an old man. My wife is well stricken in years. And the angels answering said, I'm Gabriel that stand in the presence of God, and I'm sent to speak unto you and to show you these glad tidings, which is joy. Behold, you will be dumb. 
<laughs> I prayed many times, could that happen in Washington, D.C., where suddenly some people, I think it's already happened, because I've heard them trying to speak, and we still don't know what they're saying. But you will be dumb. You'll not be able to speak until the day these things be performed, because you didn't believe my words, which were, shall be fulfilled in this season. So here, as a sign, he was dumb. He was struck dumb. You know, Elizabeth, people probably said, what's, what's wrong? What's wrong with um, Zacharias? He, he can't talk. Don't worry, he'll talk in due time. But uh, basically, this is a sign. You know, if some people can't talk, it's a real sign. Are you with me? I just saw a man say, God, let that happen to my wife because she just not been able to speak for a while. Or maybe you're here praying that that happens to your mother-in-law because she just came for Christmas. All right. We'll move right along. My mother-in-law is sitting right here, but she's the best mother-in-law I've ever had. She's the only mother-in-law I've ever had. Now, and, and she's a great lady. We've never had, we've never ever had a problem, ever, in all the years. Never had a problem. I've never had a fight with my mother-in-law. Never. She's a great lady. Now, now, now go to the second one, which we're going to talk about, which is Mary's joy. The angel of the Lord, verse 28, came in to her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women. And when she saw him, she was troubled, and he sang, and cast in her mind, what manner of salutation should this be? And the angel said, Fear not, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and will call his name Jesus. And he will be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. That's why all these people, they want to stamp out Christianity. Boy, are they in trouble. Of his kingdom there will be no end. Of every other kingdom there will be an end. Then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be? Seeing I don't know a man. I don't know a man. And the angel answered and said, the Holy Ghost shall come upon you and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. That's what's happening to people here at the river. The Holy Ghost comes upon you and the power of the most high overshadows you. And that's when God begins to do things with your life. It hasn't changed just because we in the 21st century. God is still raising up people and calling people. No, he doesn't need another Virgin Mary, and you are not the Virgin Mary, just so you know that. But he needs you to go do what he's called you to do. Are you with me? So that which is born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, your cousin Elizabeth, she's also conceived a son in her old age. This is being the sixth month, so she was six months pregnant. So we know that John the Baptist was six months in the womb, okay? And she was barren, for with God nothing would be impossible. Now, watch this now, verse 39. Mary arose in those days and went to the hill country and made haste to the city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass, when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leapt in the womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. 
And she spake with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you amongst women, blessed is the fruit of your womb, and whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of the salutation sounded in my ear, the babe leapt in my womb for joy. The babe leapt in my womb for joy. So you could say this is John the Baptist's joy. John the Baptist had joy at six months. And yet when you think about it, his message was not really one of joy. Think about that. His message was preparation for the coming of the Christ. His message was one of repent, you know, and basically in the end he had his head chopped off. So it wasn't really a happy ending when you're a preacher and you have your head chopped off. Are you with me? But he was a forerunner to announce the coming of the Lord Jesus. So now Mary, Mary begins to say, my soul does magnify the Lord. My spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for he has regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. Which is what every one of you that has a testimony of God's grace in your life will be able to say. Nothing that you can claim of yourself, you'll just have to say, it's because of him. He that is mighty hath done in me these great things, holy is his name. And his mercy is on them which includes you, that fear him from generation to generation, which we are included in that. He has showed strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud and the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich has he sent away empty, saying that they have no need. If you read in the book of Revelation, he talks about the Laodicean church that is lukewarm because they say, I'm rich, I'm increased with goods, and I'm need of nothing. It's the condition of the American church in many instances. So people come, they worship on a Sunday, but they're not hungry for the things of God. They just do their religious duty. And our life should speak something a lot further or greater than just a Sunday morning, one hour service. Our whole life should be a service and a display of God's glory and his grace. And somebody said, well, I don't want to be religious. It's not about being religious. It's about being a Christian. It's about being a representation of what a Christian should be. Does that mean you're never going to make a mistake? No, we never said that. You know, I mean, people have come to me because they see me do some things. They said, you know, Jesus wouldn't do that. And I've looked at them and said, I'm not Jesus. Have you ever heard me tell anybody that I was Jesus? I'm not Jesus. I want to be like him. I'm not there yet. So don't push the envelope. Are you with me? I'm just saying. So, but we want to be like him. How many want to be more like him in 2024 than you were in 2023? How many think that there were some times in 2023 that you weren't as like him as you should have been. Okay, so that's one thing we're going to bury on the end of the, at the end of the year when we close out. Are you with me? Because we don't want any of that for the next year. So, so here you've got Elizabeth's joy, Mary's joy, John the Baptist's joy, Zacharias's joy, because finally when Jesus came, he could actually open his mouth and speak. 
You know, it, it's great when you get your voice back. Hello. It's hard when you just stand there and go. So Mary sings this song. John the Baptist is then born. Elizabeth's time has come. And of course, Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost. And when he got his voice back, he prophesied. And then he said, blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. And then he goes through all of what this birth of Jesus would be and how God was going to use him. Are you with me? All right, so then now we come to the next thing, the birth of Jesus, chapter 2. And what you're going to see here, the shepherd's joy. Because the shepherds were overwhelmed because, look here, let me read it to you, verse 8. And they were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. A shepherd doesn't sleep. Are you with me? A shepherd stays awake. Now, somebody said, Pastor, you're telling me if I'm one of the pastors of the river, I'm never going to get to sleep. No, I never said that. But a shepherd's always on watch for the sheep. That's, that's something we, this church has been going for 27 years. But I promise you, the last four years, I've never felt that so strong as I have the last four years. It was like we, we, we never missed a Sunday till we took those weeks to go to Africa. We never missed a Sunday. And obviously, we took a couple of days downtown, but it's just like we couldn't. We had to be watching because I knew what the enemy was up to. And you have to get up and you have to feed the flock of God. You have to make sure that the church is doing well. Somebody said, well, how do you know that? Because I scanned the crowd. I can, I've got facial recognition here. And I can look and see and go, mm, okay, they're not doing too well. Mm, we need to get them. That's why I walk around. I walk around. Obviously, right now I'm standing up there. But most of the time I'm walking around, checking everybody out. Do you think I don't see things when I'm standing in the lobby greeting people? Then I watch the people try to get by without shaking my hand, huh? Just squeeze, squeezing by. Come back here. Because you can see. You can see. You can see people with struggles. And I'm very sensitive that way. You can, I can say, how are you doing? You say, oh, I'm doing great. And I go, liar. <laughs> liar, liar. Pants on fire. No, you mean you're putting on, you're pretending that everything's great. What's actually happening? That's why I like to just walk around and have a look at people. And now this is when anybody gets nervous. So you walk around and have a look. There's people that get a call from me the next week because of what I saw on Sunday. It's like a farmer. If you've got all these cows on the field and you, you work with your cows, well, let's go to the sheep. Because I've got sheep. I've got like 25 sheep, right? So if you know your sheep, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. The voice of a stranger they'll not follow. I have a donkey as well, but he's different. 
<laughs> he is. He's totally different. He does his own thing. And uh, <laughs> I thought, Lord, it's totally different. The donkey and the sheep, yeah, it's totally different. My sheep know my voice, but my ass doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't know my voice. He actually, he's a Democrat. He only comes for food. He is. He only comes for food. This, that's it. It's the only reason. He's already caused major problems on the farm. He's unionized the cats, the chickens. It's crazy. You don't want to hear the story of what's happened. <laughs> but if you know your sheep, you, you can scan over the sheep and you go, there's something wrong with that sheep back there. So shepherd watches all the time to watch when the wolf comes in. And he's not afraid to get hurt. He'd go right in the middle, grab that wolf, and rip it to shreds. That's and that's what, uh, that's what a pastor of a church should be doing. That's why if, if pastors closed their church, it's because they were more afraid of their name, their reputation, their life, their safety than they were the congregation. And that's why there are many churches that have never opened back again. The shepherds were watching the flock by night. Why? Because it's at the night hour when the enemy comes in to steal. The vulnerability at the night hour. So the shepherds are watching the flock by night. And suddenly, the sky lights up, and a host of angels. I mean, this thing is so big that a host of angels begin to sing, begin to announce. So now, you've not just got wise men that are in preparation already coming. You've got shepherds that are being rocked. For lo, an angel of the Lord came upon, uh, upon them, and the glory of the Lord, the Lord shone round about them, and they were so afraid. Somebody said, I don't understand. If it was God, why were you afraid? Because it's so powerful. It's so powerful. And the angel said, Fear not, for I behold and bring you good tidings of a great joy, which shall be to all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign for you. You'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, living in a manger or lying in a manger. And suddenly, watch this now, there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. If you look at many people in the church world, this message is only relegated to Christmas, which this is not the Christmas message. This is the Christian message. It's joy to the world. The Lord has come in January, in February, in March, in April, in May, in June, in July, in August, September, October, November, December. Every day is Christmas. 
In actual fact, I'm trying to work away. Now, the tree will come down, but I'm trying to work away. Some of the lights stay up here. Because <laughs> I love these lights. There's, there's a half a million lights throughout the property. If you want to see it come tonight. So it came to pass, angels were gone away from them to, into heaven. The shepherds said to one another, let us now go even to Bethlehem and see the thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made or made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all they that heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen and as was told unto them. So this is not some little tiny event that took place with media will announce oh, um, December 25th is the day they alleged Jesus was born. No, no, he, no, there's no alleged nothing. He came, he was born, and he died, and he rose from the dead, and he's coming very soon, whether they like it or not. Which, which they will announce, I'm just telling you, put it on record, remember I told you this, the moment the church is caught away, they will announce that we were abducted by aliens. Because you can see all the UFO stuff coming out in the news. How many have seen that? It's all preparing for the catching away the church. So they can say, I tell you what, the aliens came and they took away all these people. I'm just telling you. Which is fine. You don't want to be here anyway when the church is taken away. Now look at this. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. So many people... So you got the shepherd's joy. Now we got Simeon's joy. His name was Simeon, and the same man was a just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the, of the law, which was circumcision, they took him up in his arms, and blessed the God and said, Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For my eyes have seen the salvation which thou hast prepared before the face of the people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of the people of Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at these things which were spoken of him. And Simon or Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary, his mother, behold, this child is set for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword will even pierce through your own soul, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And then the Bible says, Anna was a prophetess, a daughter of Phanel, of the tribe of Asher, and she was great age, and she lived with her husband seven years from her virginity, she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fasting, prayers, night and day. And she, coming in that instant, gave thanks, likewise unto the Lord, and spake of him to all them that looked for the redemption of Israel. 
And when they had performed all these things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee and to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew and waxed strong in the spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of the Lord was upon him. So you see, Simeon's joy and basically what we call this is the gospel of joy, which you know is very controversial here at the river because everybody gets very filled with joy. And so there's a lot of people in the religious realm that don't like that. But I can't help it if people come here and get happy. We're not going to trade joy for sadness. We're not, we're not going to do it. Now, I mean, there are things that make people sad. And if there's a time of mourning, then you mourn. But for the most part, every day we rejoice. We purpose in our heart to rejoice according to what the gospel. This gospel of joy is not just for us personally, but it's for the world. It's joy to the world. The Lord has come. It's a heavenly joy. Everybody say heavenly joy. And then, of course, as my wife was sharing earlier, the joy of the wise men. Because the Bible says when they saw the star, they were thrilled with great joy. They were filled with great joy because that was the fulfillment of the word that they knew that there would come a sign that would signify that the Christ or the King of the Jews was born. And so the Bible says when they went in, they cast their treasures at his feet and they worshiped him and they were filled with great joy. So the gospel of joy, joy to the world. And then, as I said, heaven's joy, because that's what it is, and the joy of the wise men all being made manifest. And then, of course, Jesus' joy, because how many know Jesus wasn't depressed? You know, religion has Jesus weeping. It's the shortest scripture in the Bible says Jesus wept. It's just one time that he did that. But the Bible says he was anointed with the oil of gladness above his fellows. Jesus was a very happy person. He was not a sad, depressed person. And Jesus was not an angry person. He didn't run around screaming at people. Hello. He did cast out devils, but he didn't run around. He wasn't angry and screaming and shouting at people, repent, turn or burn. That was John the Baptist. Hello. Jesus was the fulfillment of everything that the Old Testament prophets had spoke of. Jesus was a fulfillment of what John the Baptist said. There's one coming after me. I'm not even worthy to tie his shoelaces. That's why when he saw Jesus coming down to be baptized, he said, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And he even then argued and said, look, I'm not even worthy to do this. But Jesus said, you must. So Jesus, joy. Now let me close with this. So all of, all of these manifestations of joy all had to do with Jesus. When you truly meet him, Jesus becomes your joy and the joy of your salvation. Throughout his ministry, when he ministered and touched people, the Bible says people went walking and leaping and praising God. 
Walking and leaping and praising God. Can you show me what that's like to walk and leap and praise God? Just show me. All right, so walking and leaping. Walking and leaping and praising God. Can you show me what walking and leaping and praising God looks like? And if I call on different tribes and tongues here, they're all going to do it in a different way. Can you show me what walking and leaping and praising God looks like? Now, somebody said, but pastor, we can't be doing that all the time. People are going to think we're pretty strange. It's not about doing that. It is a result of what's going on on the inside of the heart. Are you with me? But that's basically how things are on the inside of you, in the middle of all the storms, in the middle of all the tests and the trials, on a daily basis when situations come. How is it possible that my wife and I could still sustain ourselves after you hold your daughter in your arms on Christmas Day and she dies in your arms? Yet we had a peace, yet we had a joy. We only found out later that 80% of couples get divorced when one of the children die. We didn't know that. We looked at each other and said, wow, that was an option. We didn't know that that was a problem. But people do that for whatever stupid reason. So if anybody here can testify to you that this joy is real, we can tell you. Yeah, we miss her, but then God added the three grandies. Quickly, come here. Asha, come here. Come to pop-ups. Where's, where's Kennedy and Jet? Come here quickly to pop-ups. Quickly, come run to pop-ups. Come here, baby. Come to pop-ups. So three of these, listen, they're all December babies. Kelly leaves us on the 25th. The twins are born on the 27th, and Ash is born on the 29th. So, so listen carefully. What was a week of death, the Lord brings us to life. This week is a week of major life. They turn five this week, and he turns nine. <laughs> so, you know, and, I mean, when the twins are born, I mean, obviously, I was so moved when it was my first grandson, you know, and you did such a great job in the extravaganza. Tonight, we'll hear you again. And then these are the ones, when the twins are born, I cried for two solid weeks. I couldn't even talk. I just held them and just wept. Because the Lord... Anyway, Pop-Ups loves you so much. Thank you for coming up here. You can run back to Daddy and Mommy. Okay. <laughs> And, we, and our three granddaughters, Taylor, who's 21, and then 
Ellie and Emma, 14 and 13, and, and the middle one is like the direct image of Kelly in everything she does and the way she acts, the colors she likes and whatever. My wife and I just look at each other like this. My daughter looks at me, she just goes, Dad. You know, so God has a way of restoring. Yeah, we miss her, we understand that. But remember, I also told the devil, this is gonna cost you a hundred million souls, a billion dollars in the world missions, and I'm gonna put a thousand young ladies in the ministry. One thousand young ladies in the ministry. Somebody said, what about, what about young men? Yeah, well, that's a foregone conclusion, but I'm gonna make the devil pay. Are you with me? So what is the thing that has sustained us? It's our joy. Jesus is our joy, and Jesus becomes your joy. And Jesus, your joy, will sustain you through every test, through every trial, through every storm. That even on the day when I got arrested and I, they put me in handcuffs and took me away, I had a total peace. If you saw me, I was like I am now. Actual fact was laughing. Because the officer said to me, are you packing? And I burst out laughing. I said, seriously? I said, I'm a pastor. What do you think I'm going to walk out of my house carrying guns? I'm a, it's like a movie gone wrong. Say hello to my little friend. <laughs> what is this? A showdown with the OK Corral? High noon? I said, I'm a pastor. Because remember, they had helicopters over my house for an hour and a half. We called the sheriff's department up in Hernando County where I live, and we said, what are they doing? They said, no, it's not you. There's a very dangerous man in your area. He's fully armed. It was me. They were talking about me. I had a total peace. And the, re and, the, and the proof that I had a total peace, the moment they put me in the cell, I sat down and went to sleep. I was sleeping in 30 seconds. I folded my arms and went to sleep. If you don't have a peace, you pace in the cell. Oh, I can't believe it. Wait till I get out. I'm going to sue everybody. I'm going to bust them. I'll tell you. I said a total peace, total peace. And when I came out, the Lord said to me, I don't want you to do anything. Don't leave the sheriff alone. Don't say anything. You had to walk through this door on behalf of the body of Christ. And 35 days later, I got a call from the sheriff. And I looked, I saw his name, and the phone rang. And I said, Sheriff, my friend, how are you? Because he is my friend. And he said, I said, boy, have you been through the meat grinder? He said, I have, Dr. Rodney. And he said, I want my friend back. I said, Sheriff, I've always been your friend. He said, I know. People have been telling me what you've been saying. He said, can I see you? I said, yes. But, and he was, don't, don't talk to him. Get a lawyer. I said, I don't need a lawyer. I am the lawyer. I said, he can come see me. I said, come to my house. So he came to my house. He hugged me. We talked for three and a half hours. Somebody said, aren't you offended? No. 
He didn't know what he was doing. You know, there's outside forces. We had that idiot attorney general funded by Soros. District attorney, yeah. Who got his butt fired out of here. Uh, so, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. All that stuff doesn't matter. All that matters is that we obey God. Somebody said, well, could it happen again? If they twist the whole thing around and go, yeah, I'm going to get rearrested. I will collect all the monk shots that I can. And I'm going to try, I'll try to get arrested in different counties so I can have a different <laughs> county on the thing. <laughs> Amen. Put my mug shot up. If you can find it in the back there. But just stick it up on the screen. Which actually, fact, I was laughing right before they took that. And they said, we need a mugshot. I said, I cannot laugh and, and on a mugshot. So I said, give me a second. And I went like this. <laughs> now. So everybody was walking through the prison. There was nobody there. The whole thing was cleared for me. And people walking through, they, and they said, is the COVID guy here? And I went like this. It's me. I'm the COVID guy. And I had to sign an affidavit that I had not been in Wuhan province the last 14 days. And I go, I, Dr. Rodney Brown, being of sound mind, hereby do declare that I've not been in the Wuhan province of China in the last 14 days. And we remember, we had 100,000 death threats against the church at that time. We had to shut the church down for eight weeks, not because of a virus, but because people lost their minds. But we broadcast for eight weeks from the house in the forest, picked up 6.8 million viewers, and everything exploded. And we didn't lose one person. Not one person was lost. Nothing. God sustained everybody here. It's a miraculous what's happened here at the river. But what sustained us? What sustained us? So what's going to sustain us in 2024? You're just going to need more of it. Mucho. Mucho gozo. Mas gozo. Gozo el grande. Yeah, but people, why do, why do, Pastor, why do people have to laugh when they have joy? I don't know. <laughs> we have people called the television ministry. They want to know, why are the people laughing? And then we have to tell them they laugh because they're happy. 
Then people are overwhelmed. They fall under the power of God. Why do they fall down? Because they can't stand up anymore. It's not <laughs> difficult. They're just simple things. I was praying for people earlier in the lobby. There were people lying on the floor before the service even started. Somebody said, does everybody have to lie? No. You can just sit there and look at me. May the Lord fill every heart with his exceeding abundant joy that cannot be contained, that will carry you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, in the middle of the night. Even if the phone rings and it's terrible news, you pause for a moment, but the joy will sustain you. You're not going to tear your hair out or rip your toupee off. Or suddenly lose your wig. <laughs> May the Lord flood you with his abundant, abundant joy. Lord, as we close out this morning service here in a few minutes, can you flood every heart with this abundant joy? Abundant joy, overflowing joy, your cup running over joy. I know there's people look at me and say, you want me to get this now? Well, I mean, I don't know when do you want to get it. Three o'clock this afternoon, five o'clock tonight. I mean, how long do we have to wait for this? You need the enema now. You're not leaving here the same way you came. Because tomorrow, some of you have to face family members. Some that are cousins, some that are aunt and uncles, some that are cousins twice removed. And you're going to say, oh God, help me. 
but he will sustain you. He will sustain you, and you'll just be at peace. They'll say things to get you riled up, and it'll go off you like water off a duck's back. Only the next day you'll think, they said that to me. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. But you won't react. You're not going to react to it. You're going to be at peace. I'm just pausing so everybody can get this joy. I want everybody to get it. Can you imagine if this hit the whole of the Congress? (laughs) What about the whole of the Supreme Court and the whole of the Senate? You know, at one time at the founding of this nation, that opened everything with praise and worship. I mean, that's where all the scriptures are engraved into the Capitol building, everything. It's all founded upon... It was... 2,000 people that gathered there. They opened it up every day with worship and praise and everything. Somebody said, Pastor, it's too far gone, and I'm telling you it's not. God can flip it just like that. It's like that. You know, the Lord's not worried about Uncle Joe. God's not worried about Uncle Joe or Aunt Kamala. He's not worried about them. God doesn't, he sits on the throne. He's not bothered. And then you realize God's not Republican or Democrat. He doesn't care. In actual fact, the Bible says he sits in the heavens and he laughs. He laughs. And when you hear God laugh, you'll never have another depressed day in your life, ever. If his voice is as the sound of many waters, what's his laughter like? All depression will leave you. All depression will leave you. I don't know about you, but I feel it so strong here today. I I feel it's like I can feel the, the presence of God just flooding this place. It's like, I mean, it's tangible. All depression goes, all anxiety goes, all worry goes. You're not gonna need to vape anything. You're not gonna need to eat those cookies anymore. Those cookies that your Aunt Mary makes that are like medicinal purpose cookies. 
You're not going to need them anymore. <laughs> the church should be the happiest place on the face of the earth, all because of Jesus, who is our joy. Would you bow your heads, please, across this room? While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I want to give an invitation. If there be those that are here today or those that are watching in your homes that have never, ever given your life to Jesus, but today you want to give your heart to him, I'm not asking you to join the church. I'm asking you to join the family, the family of God. He loves you so much, and he wants to come and wrap his arms around you. He wants to come and bind up the broken heart. He wants to let the oppressed go free. Will you surrender to him? Friend, let me ask you a question. What would happen if tonight when you lay your head on your pillow and went to sleep that for whatever reason you never woke? Where would you go? Where would you spend eternity? I want you to know there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And you don't have to go to devil's hell because 2,000 years ago, on Calvary's cross, the price was paid, the blood was shed. And just like that old song said, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath their flood, lose all their guilty stain. Today, not only will the power of sin be broken, but the power of guilt and shame will be removed from your life. Will you surrender to him? Will you say, yes, Lord, I give you my life today? Maybe you hear, you say, I did at one time give my life to Jesus, but I've grown cold. I've allowed the things of the world to come in. I lost that first love, that peace, that joy that I once had. Maybe there's something hidden that no one can see. Pride, unforgiveness, bitterness, jealousy, anger, lust, hidden things that clog the heart of man. Maybe it's something outward that all can see. And that makes it even worse because you feel, well, what's the use? Everybody knows how bad I am, but I want you to know God is a God of a second chance. And God's a God of a new beginning. And he says, come, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. Come, he calls you. Will you surrender to him? Will you say, yes, Lord? He loves you. He's not against you. He's for you. He's for you. He's praying for you. You say, I can't make it. Yes, you can. Not only can you, but you will. You will. You'll make it. Maybe you hear today, you say, Pastor, I was doing fine. There was a time in my life I was really serving the Lord, but a storm came against my life. A sudden divorce, a bankruptcy, the loss of a loved one, a sudden illness. <clears throat> the betrayal of a close friend, the loss of a job. Something happened that rocked my world. But today, I want to come back. Today, I want to fall in love with Jesus all over again. Will you surrender your life to him and just say, Lord, I'm coming today. What great gift that you can give this Christmas than to give yourself to Jesus. Somebody said, boy, he's going to lose if he gets me. Um, that's what you think. He's already paid for you. Just surrender to that love. You can't buy it. You can't earn it. You just have to humble yourself to receive it.
And then lastly, maybe you hear, you say, Pastor, I do love the Lord, but I don't have the assurance. I cannot look you in the eye and say, Pastor, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, if I died right now, I'm going straight to be with Jesus. But I want that assurance. I want to know that I know that I know that I'm a child of God. If you fit into any one of these categories, I want to pray with you and for you. Right where you are, without any hesitation whatsoever, even in your homes, put your hand up right now and say, pray for me. I need Jesus. Thank you. Two hands on that side, two hands back there, another hand back there, another hand back there, another hand on the far side, another hand over here, another hand over there, another hand, another hand. <coughs> Quickly slip it up high. Another hand over here. Thank you. God bless you. Yes, he calls you. Now is your time. Right at the back there. Yes, right on the back side there. Yeah. I want you to open your eyes for a moment and look at me. You can put your hands down. Over on this, which is considered the east side of the pavilion. If you did not raise your hand, but you want to be included in the prayer, we're going to pray right now. Quickly, put that hand up high and say, include me. Anybody else? Ushers, help me if you see a hand. I see your hands. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. This middle section, you didn't raise your hand, but want to be included. Slip that hand up. You know, I was five years old when I raised my hand and said yes to Jesus. And then on this, which would be considered the west side of the pavilion, just quickly slip that hand up and say, yes, include me. Anybody else? Right at the back. Thank you. I want every person that raised your hand, even in your home, just stand in your house. I want you to stand right now. Every person raise your hand. Stand up. Stand up right now, all across the building, all across the building. You can bring your personal belongings and come stand right here. We're going to pray together. Come. Come right now. I have decided... To follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. The cross before me. The world behind me. The cross before me. The world behind me. No turning back. No turning back. You can take the whole world, but give me Jesus. You can take the whole world. But give me Jesus. 
You can take the whole world. But give me Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. I want you to look at me, if you would, please. We're going to pray one prayer, one prayer fits all. If you mean busy with God, God means busy with you. Tonight, you watching me in the different time zones, even across Europe right now, or maybe you're watching, it's Monday where you are. As you're standing in your home and you're saying, yes, I'm surrendering my life. As you pray with us here, the same power that is going to touch the people here will touch your life. I want you to close your eyes and raise your right hand to heaven and pray this together with me. Say this out loud. Believe it in your heart. Say with your mouth. Say, Father, I come to you in the precious name of your son, Jesus. Lord, you said in your word, if I confess with my mouth, Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. And I believe in my heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead. I will be saved. So Father, right now, I confess Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart right now. Take out the stony heart. Put in a heart of flesh. Wash me, cleanse me, change me, fill me, use me. Let me never be the same again. I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on sin. And I follow you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you that on the third day you rose for me. And thank you that you're coming back again for me. From this day on, I'll never be the same again. I confess Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. He is my Lord and my Savior. And right now, by faith in the finished work of the cross, I'm born again. I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Now, Father, I pray that you would seal them now by your blood and by your spirit, even now to these little ones that are here. As Lord, you remember, I was five when I walked the aisle. Raise them up to be mighty women of God and men of God. Use every single one of them. Let every plan of the enemy over their life canceled today and heaven's plan be enacted we pray in Jesus name this program has been brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International in Tampa, Florida for more information on the ministry of Drs. Rodney and Adonica Howard Brown or for additional resources visit revival.com